Hey everyone, welcome to Super Myers Briggs Turbo EX. This is your host, Mr. C Note. Um, today we're going to talk a little bit about how you can basically answering the question, why do I always mistype or why do I get multiple types or um, how is it even possible that I can get a different result from the same test or a different test or multiple tests or talking to one friend and they think I'm one type and talking to another friend and they think I'm a different type. Basically, we're going to talk a little bit about all of the different variables and possibilities that come with trying to figure out your type, uh, the public perception of Myers-Briggs and how that plays into account, and then um, talking about how um, it really just goes a little bit deeper than many people are willing to go down. So if you're willing to go down this rabbit hole, then let's do this. Okay. All right, so welcome to the show. Hope you guys are doing okay. Um, effectively, we're going to be asking the question, why can't I figure out my type on this episode? But before we get into that, I want to let you guys know that we have a Facebook group now. So if you haven't signed up for the course or if you have signed up for the course, doing getting a part of this, being a part of this Facebook group is going to be the place that you can kind of follow up and ask questions. If you are not ready to dive yet into the advanced courses or learn even more on your own about Myers-Briggs or like you're still confused about your type or you're stuck on something, um, this is most definitely the opportunity for you to join us and answer or ask all of the questions that you can um, in that group. So that is the time, that is the place for you to do that. So just search on Facebook for Super Myers-Briggs Turbo EX, and that is what will come up is that group. Um, I'll have a short link in the future. I just don't have one yet. So certainly I'm also going to include it in the supermbti.training course uh, at the end to let you guys know that that is where you can um, connect. So I'm going to do that more, most likely after this episode. So um, that's the why can't I figure out my type is typically one of the most common questions that I hear. If, if someone's mistyping or they're unsure, um, there are certainly some types that have um, a, a greater opportunity for mistyping. And it certainly depends on quite a few factors. It de depends on your personal public perception, uh, your personal perception of Myers-Briggs, sometimes the public perception that has been placed upon you. And then it depends on your personal bias and the things that have been placed upon you by your parents, your friends, society, you know, the way that you've had to adapt your brain to, um, you know, survival essentially. And that becomes a challenge to understand who you are, because when you're taking the test, you might not fully understand the clear, specific subconscious inner workings of your own brain, right? You might be kind of just going through life. You might be the type of person that is, um, just kind of following the path and you're not particularly concerned with your personal identity. You don't think about it too much. So when you, somebody asks you to take this test at work or, um, you know, or if you've, you've learned about it on your own and you take the test, you might not necessarily get the right result because you might think that you're one way when you're really not, right? And that still happens with people who know their type. They still confuse certain aspects of their personality with their dominant strengths. So it gets really confusing. 
Um, and really it takes a lot of depth and nuance. And that is what happens when kind of the public perception of it stays at like a top level, right? We just look at the four letter code and essentially Myers-Briggs has been reduced in terms of the public understanding to like astrology or, um, you know, taking a Facebook test to find out what kind of potato you are, right? That's the thing I use all the time. And, um, it becomes, you know, basically you kind of learn what your type is. You say like, Oh, all right, well, this doesn't sound like me. And then you basically equate it to, you know, bull poop and you just, you stop, you don't learn more. Right. And the problem is that, you know, it really involves learning more of the nuance of the typological system, like its purpose, um, you know, why things can go wrong. Because like the point is that for you to learn what your type is, you have to understand like what you're even trying to do. Right. Like a lot of times someone who's giving you the test, like at work or like someone who's coming to your job and like kind of loosely understands it and says like, Hey, you guys should take this test. So you can kind of learn about your coworkers. Um, they don't fully understand that this is about your subconscious base level brain wiring. This isn't necessarily who you are now, but at its, at your base level cognitive functions, this is who you are. Meaning whatever God, Jesus, Allah, Buddha, Homer Simpson, the universe, whatever it is that you believe in, whatever, you know, whatever set the tone for your brain wiring, ones and zeros, whatever, <clears throat> that is the base level brain wiring that you were given essentially by your development. So as you grow up and as you go through life, there are things stacked upon that based on like maybe your parents are a different personality type than you and they instilled different values or different should statements um, and or taught you how to learn in a different way. Um, certainly we're exposed to different learning styles because, you know, the society these days has, you know, specific systems in place for the way that people are supposed to quote unquote learn things, right? Instead of taking an individualistic perspective, you're kind of funneled through a lot of things. You're funneled through the way that like, you know, relationships are supposed to be, or the way that uh, your workplace is supposed, you're supposed to behave in a workplace or something, or the way you're supposed to learn stuff or the way you're supposed to make decisions. Um, some people say you need to think more. Some people need to say you need to feel more and be more one with the universe. And others are just like, no rationality. Right. And essentially there are reasons for all of this stuff. And that is because we are all favoring our subconscious brain wiring. That stuff does not disappear. We have stuff stacked upon us all of these biases that I, I refer to them as biases um, because they're things that are stacked upon us that we subconsciously are unaware of. But a lot of us who have too much of this subconscious bias stacked upon us, we can feel the weight of that stress. We typically feel like what we're surrounded by is not in tune with what we are, right? We can typically feel like maybe we're surrounded by too many thinkers and it's really stressful. We're sur surrounded by um, a workplace environment that is too cold in numbers when we want something that's a little bit more emotionally and identi identity uh, fulfilling and authentic. Um, or we might be in a workplace where like, it's encouraging a lot of brainstorming, but like you just want to get down and dirty to the business to, to getting business done. Right. So if things are not setting with you and not feeling right, there's typically a reason for it. And the reason is because it's not aligning or jiving with your base cognitive functions. Uh, I mean, I've had this problem kind of going through life as an INTP, assuming, 
that I've had to be a certain way, right? I've had to be a little bit more social and I'm crazy or I'm broken because I'm not naturally as social as plenty of other types of people. So we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people. We're constantly being told by our parents that like, hey, you need to be more social. You need to be this type of person. You can't be an artist. You need to be this. You can't be a dentist. You need to be an artist <laughs> or whatever, right? We're always having other people imposing their brain wiring, their ego onto us, not realizing that we as individuals, even parents and children who should genetically have a similar code are still having different brain wiring. Like for example, um, Molly and her ex-husband, her ex-husband is most likely, most likely an INFJ. She's an ENFP, but her daughter is an ENTJ most likely. She's six years old, so I'm not sure, but she's definitely exhibiting extroverted thinking as her main driver. So like, you know, two feelers don't make a thinker. Like that's not, not, that's not how that works. Right. <laughs> so to me, it's like, it's, it's a shuffling essentially. I don't know how that, how that works genetically, honestly, I don't think there've been studies to that extent, but, um, you know, the point is like, just because you're two feelers doesn't mean you're going to make a third the feeler. You still need to learn your children. You still need to learn all of the things about yourself. So the reason that some people can't figure out their type is because they are not aware of these biases that have been placed upon them. They're just like, who I am now is who I am now. Even if it's like completely stressed out and not aligned with who you are and not in this place of self-actualization, right? You're basically you know, referencing the current version of yourself. That's why like a couple of things that you could do is kind of take the test over time. Um, you know, take it every few months. And if your life circumstances change, if you become a lot less stressed out or you become a little bit more in tune naturally to who you are as a person, or when you feel like you're in your most natural state, take the test then. Um, the second thing is to be honest with yourself. We're not always completely honest with who we are, you know, because we're afraid that, like, I don't know, someone's watching or, we're maybe afraid to even admit who we are because we think we're more social than we actually are, or we're trying to become more of an extrovert than we actually are. So therefore, if we call ourselves an introvert, then, you know, we're not helping the fake it till you make it perspective, which is bullshit. Don't, but don't do the fake it till you make it thing, by the way. Uh, and another thing is to just learn about all of the types, learn about cognitive functions, learn about um, typology as a whole so that you can better understand all of these function types and learn how they interact with the world more naturally so that you can learn how you respond not only just as a dominant type, but understand how you under interact under stress, right? Because anyone could say that they exhibit a dominant function if they pretend to do it enough, right? Like if you're an ENFP, you have extroverted thinking in your cognitive stack. And sometimes if you're an unhealthy ENFP that is leaning on your tertiary function of extroverted thinking, you could convince yourself over time because you've had to adapt to society that you are an extroverted thinking type, but that might not be actually aligning with who you are fully as a person. You may have had to adapt to survive and may not even be aware that you've had to adapt to survive in that sort of state. So the idea here is that you learn about other aspects because usually extroverted thinking, not extroverted thinking, but like usually your tertiary function and your inferior function show up subconsciously. So you look for a lot of subconscious patterns 
and the ways that you show up defensively, which is usually your tertiary function, or the way that you operate under high stress or what it is that stresses you out, right? Because usually what stresses our, ourselves out are things that stress out our dominant function. For me, um, I get stressed out by um, being asked to express my emotions when I'm not prepared to, or being um, anything that does not satisfy my introverted thinking. So when there's too much, too many emotional decisions being made, things like that tend to stress me out, right? Or, or logical disparities that will definitely stress me out. So that, that sort of stuff, looking for what stresses you out and all of that stuff. But then uh, another thing you can do is also just read all of the descriptions, go to like 16 personalities or personality hacker, read all of the descriptions and find out which one gives you the greatest sense of relief. That is typically the one that is going to resonate with you the most and, and in its entirety. And even if there are a little few questions, like for the most part, if it gives you this sense of relief, like, oh, you know, then that's going to be something that you should explore a little bit more and start to learn based on that. Um, and I had a last one, but I think I lost it. So <laughs> um, point is, if you start learning about different types, you start learning about your own type and start playing around with, um, you know, uh, exploring this on a deeper level, then you're going to understand that there is more than meets the eye. It is more than just those four letters. It is about the cognitive functions. So you may be living in a different cognitive function most of the time and not even realizing it, which is why you might mistype. So if you're very actively in your secondary or tertiary function, you may type as a type that fits that dominant type for that function, right? So again, as I said, with an ENFP, if you're using your extroverted thinking all of the time, then you may type as an extroverted thinker as your, your main driver, because you're forcing that to be your main driver when naturally it is not. And another way, uh, now that I remember, and, and really the, the last way, and I think what is the most effective way is to get actively typed. And usually um, there are two different types of typing. There's passive typing and active typing. So the passive typing is basically someone sort of um, kind of what you watch TV shows and you start to like guess what someone's type is, or you answer a bunch of questions on those tests. And that is passive typing, right? Somebody doesn't know your particular story. They're just going off of like general questions. And then active typing is like having conversations and specifically observing someone, which is something that I do, is able to, to sit with someone, answer conversations, ask questions. And typically the trick is that like I ask questions not to look at your answers, but look at the way you answer them and what you care about and what you focus on, right? So it's about identifying subconscious behaviors, what you naturally prefer as opposed to you know, what it is that you're projecting because we're all projecting stuff all the time. Right. But when you're actively typing with someone who knows what they'll look for, they're going to find all of the little subtleties, all of the little, little details, all of the things that you care about, what's important for you to make, you know, what's important to you in terms of making decisions, how you best learn things. And, you know, we talk about your present, your past, um, what are your dreams? What are your passions? What do you think about? What do you care about? All of that stuff. So, um, you know, if you go to superMBTI.training, you can sign up for the free course. But if you want to hit me up at Let's Go C Note on all my social channels, um, and if you want to do a typing session, we can totally do that. I charge $300 for the month. So we basically get together for the session, and then, like, we keep talking all month long. 
you know, and uh, essentially by the end of it, or even pretty early on, you know, we can continue to to not only determine what your type is, but give you a bunch of personalized coaching based on like what it is that you're experiencing and what it is that you're going through or what you're surrounded by, what changes you need to make or what you need to focus on to learn how to practice, you know, the, developing some of your different cognitive function skills, right? Um, typically, like I've said in the previous episode, one of the greatest opportunities for growth is developing that secondary function. So once you do learn what your type is, you know, figure out what your secondary function is. And then, you know, when you're in times of stress or difficulty, developing that function is going to give you the greatest opportunity to get out of that stress. So, um, you know, if you want to do it yourself, that's awesome. If you don't want to do it yourself, you know, I'm here for that. So let's go C note, hit me up at all the social channels or hit me up with a voice message here and we can set up a time and I can give you my Calendly link and we can start doing that kind of coaching. So, um, that's basically it. So, you know, why can't I figure out my type? It's because there are just a ton of factors and it's not that cut and dry. Frankly, I wouldn't trust this system if it was that easy, <laughs> you know, because humans are not that easy. Humans are complicated and we don't want to feel like it's that easy. I think that's why people get turned off by Myers-Briggs in general, because they feel like, oh, it's this four letter code that describes my entire personality. I'm not that simple. And that's true. You're not that simple. And a lot of Myers-Briggs covers that. It covers this feeling of feeling like an ambivert. It covers the feeling of being both sometimes a thinker and a feeler or feeling like you're a thinker in certain circumstances and, and feeling like you're a feeler in other circumstances, right? And um, how sometimes you show up as an extrovert or an introvert, how you show up stressed, what you get stressed by. Like it, it causes, like it's, it's so much Um and then once you understand other people's personality types, you almost develop this sense of forgiveness for the way that other people are, right? Everyone's projecting their own should statements. And you're like, you know what? That makes sense for them. And you kind of create a sense of forgiveness. Like that's what's been super helpful for me. So um, going through the, the free course, supermbti.training is going to be um, a great way to go through all of the little details. So if you're stuck on this, um, it really helps you understand um, all of the functions and really like the whole, the history and like, what is the point of all this, how you can use it? Um, you know, talking about intuitives and sensors and thinkers and feelers and, um, judging versus perceiving introvert and extrovert and kind of explain a lot of misconceptions. So there's a really in-depth breakdown of all of these things. So I really, really love and appreciate if you guys go check that out, go sign up at supermbti.training. And if you have any questions, you can follow the group, which will be in that training as well. And uh, if you ever want to work with me, I charge $300 a month for personalized one-on-one -on -one active typing and training and coaching. And um, it's really not that much. <laughs> so it's not that much for information that will change your life. So um, hit me up and let me know if that's the thing you want to do. So thank you guys for being here. I really appreciate you guys um, for listening to Super Myers-Briggs Turbo EX and supporting the show. Um, I've had quite a few listeners in these first two three months. So thank you so much. And we're going to keep doing this because I think this is fun. This is stuff that I know. This feels very natural to me. It's a, it's a really good time. So if we can help some people along the way, that would be absolutely amazing. So thank you guys. Um, have a good weekend. Take care of yourselves and I'll catch you next time on Super Myers-Briggs Turbo EX. Hey, thanks for listening to Super Myers-Briggs Turbo EX. 
We're gonna help you with Myers-Briggs and all that fun stuff. And uh, if you wanna jump straight into the advanced course, go to supermbti.training. You wanna check out my other shows, go to dopamine.life for mental, my mental health podcast. And you can go to cnote.show to check out the media podcast. So if you love this show, go to anchor.fm slash supermbti and leave some love, leave a review, share it with your friends, all that good stuff. And uh, most of all, thank you. Thank you for listening to Super Myers-Briggs Turbo EX. Okay.